Hello everybody, welcome to the Jack and the Beanstalks podcast, uh, well, should I say welcome to the second episode of the Jack and the Beanstalks podcast. Today we are going to be talking about possibly my favourite thing, I'm going to indulge myself a little bit and talk about one of my favourite types of plants, which is the ones that fascinate me the most, and they're native to the tropics. That's right, tropical plants we're going to be talking about. There's such a broad variety of shapes, sizes, colours and uses for all of these plants, um, they just really fascinate me. I really like it. Whether we have them just because they're pretty, or whether they produce one of the most expensive spices in the world, and my personal favourite smell, which is vanilla by the way. Uh, Today we're going to be talking about some of the plants in my collection, why I chose them, and how I take extra precautions to make sure they're happy and they're healthy. Obviously living in a non-tropical climate I do have them indoors and that means uh, that I can put them outside when the weather gets hotter given the correct conditions because I will go over later some of the things that are dependent on but some of the things they are dependent on some of the variables you need to take into consideration. But first we're going to talk about a little mistake I made with a tropical carnivorous plant It was in the Penthes, and it was a very, very simple mistake, and I'm very annoyed that I made it. You can make it regardless of how experienced you are in the gardening world, uh, which was, I forgot to take it in. Now, the words tropical and minus two degrees Celsius, they don't commonly mix. So, this thing was kept out in minus two, which is about 29 Fahrenheit, I believe, and it died very, very very quickly. It was a shame. I really liked it. I did really like it, but I just forgot to bring it in. And it's a mistake that anyone can make. It's just a very, very simple mistake. Anyone can make it. However, now we're going to move on to the ones that I haven't killed. I grow turmeric, ginger, bananas, uh, dwarf cavendish, sycamensis, valencia, uh, balbumusiana, I don't know how to pronounce that, and ornata all moose varieties, I don't grow any insetis, and vanilla, cardamom, uh, coffee, dates, strawberry guavas, and licorice, all in my house at the moment, and it's beautiful, I love it, I have a whole shelf set up, three stage shelving, with grow lights on it, heap mat, under to start my seedlings, um, now, it can be really, really hard to cater to all of these perfectly, giving them all the correct soil, all the correct humidity, all the correct temperature. But, my room luckily sits at around 21 degrees Celsius and about 72% humidity average. And for that selection of plants, that's pretty much ideal. I do have some cacti as well. They don't like it very much. The humidity is far too high. But uh, temperature and humidity are ideal for most of them. So what about the soil? They all have very different needs in terms of watering and water retention in the soil. For example, a banana will rot very easily if the soil holds too much water because they are herbaceous perennials and their leaves will take up all the water and it will store it in the quote-unquote stem, it's actually a pseudo-stem, it's not a real stem, and they will just swell up and rot. Whereas a vanilla orchid won't mind it at all. They'll be perfectly fine with it. And yes, before you say anything, vanilla is an orchid. Uh, Does that mean it shouldn't be in soil, though? Hmm. In nature, it's actually a terrestrial plant and a non-terrestrial plant in terms of the fact 
that it doesn't always grow in soil. So it can grow on trees, it can grow in soil, it can grow in either really. But a good combination if you're having it as a houseplant is some moss, some garden soil, and a bit of bark mixed together. And actually if your humidity isn't perfect this will actually provide a better environment for it because it will keep the roots a little bit more moist. And you've also got to watch out. Vanilla is a climbing orchid. So give it something to climb. And another warning, do not expose them to strong direct sunlight. They like a very bright spot, just make sure it's filtered light. It doesn't need to be direct light. And if it is direct light, it will burn to a crisp. It just will. So, the checklist for vanilla orchids. Tropical style temperature and humidity, about 60 to 80% humidity, and never really dropping below 10 degrees Celsius. It can drop below it briefly, I believe it dies at about 5, uh, don't quote me on that because I don't know it. A decent amount of water, something to climb, uh, with the watering you want enough to keep soil moist but not sopping wet all the time. And this one's going to sound really really weird. Remember to prune it when it gets too big. Now that sounds really strange, saying it about an orchid. But if you don't, it will take over. They can reach a hundred foot long in the natural habitat of Mexico and Central America. And what that means is they will climb the tree to a hundred foot, and they will climb into other trees if that tall isn't hundred foot if that tree isn't a hundred foot tall. They will climb until something stops them pretty much. They are very voracious climbers. <coughs> Excuse me. So let's move on to the other ones. Uh, I found ginger, turmeric, cardamom, and coffee all tend to prefer a sort of chunky loam soil that drains well but still holds quite a lot of water. They like to have constantly moist soil, but they do not like it when it's wet. Uh, they do not want the soil really to dry out more than 50% as well, they'll start suffering a little bit. So they like very, um, very rainy conditions but not a lot of water retention in the soil. That makes sense. They like it to drain really well, but they'd like a lot of water. So for these, maybe mix in some perlite, a little bit of bark, maybe not very much, uh, into a bit of compost. And if you have any there, some vermiculite as well, and a little bit of fertilizer because most of them are quite hungry plants. Um, yeah, and add a bit of garden soil to it, and you'll have a mix that I've seen work pretty well. I've seen work pretty well. Just do not make the mistake that I made when I first potted my coffee plants. Don't put the perlite in too liberally. It does help with drainage, but there's such a thing as draining too quickly. And obviously, if you have too much perlite, there's not enough nutrients for it. There's not nutrients in perlite that the plant needs at a macro level. Also, make the mix a little bit less chunky for ginger and turmeric as you're harvesting the roots. And unless you're going for the look of really, really funky rhizomes, just don't do it, you know, it's it's going to be a bit weird if you put loads of bark in there and it has to grow around the bark. It'll make some really weird shapes and um, sized chunks of ginger and turmeric. Now bananas, I found like very light soil, so cactus mix with a bit of garden soil and maybe a bit of extra sand and grit, uh, maybe a bit of extra perlite even. Uh, basically you want it to be sandy and gritty but have a high nutrient content. That is your perfect mix for a banana plant. You want it to have nutrients but you want it to drain really well. 
But don't let the fact that they like really good drainage fool you into thinking that they're not thirsty plants. They drink a lot more than you expect. Big leaves equals a lot of transpiration, which means a lot of water loss through the leaves. So remember to water every couple of days or so, especially if it's in a pot, and especially if it's really hot outside and hasn't been raining. Now I said about growing dates as well, the date is actually quite a new plant to me. I grew it from a seed, I will talk about growing dates from seeds later. Just, you know, hold on, hold on for a minute. I'll get to it. And they prefer very similar soil to bananas. They like it to drain really, really quickly, but they also like quite a lot of water. So again, don't let it fool you that they like really good drainage, so they must like not having much water. In the winter, you can get away with it, but in the summer, they like their water. And then, to be completely honest, as long as you have adequate temperature and humidity, licorice and strawberry guavas will just grow in anything. You can put them in clay, they'll grow. You can put them in sand, they'll grow. They're pretty damn indestructible. Like if, As long as you have temperature and humidity on your side, they're going to live. Now, going on to a different topic that's very, very much debated with tropical plants, which is, do I mist it? Do you mist it? Does it help? Mm, a little bit. Tiny bit. Not very much. Especially if you don't have a fine enough nozzle on it. All that will do is increase the local humidity, admittedly, but it will only increase it very temporarily. And then if you don't have the right nozzle on it, it will just bubble up on the leaves and promote fungal disease. Now I'm pretty happy, as I said, my humidity sits at about 72%, uh, so I don't really need to mist anything. It's all quite good for my plants. Coffee plants like it around 70-80%, to 80%. Uh, vanilla orchids like it around 70-80%, to 80%. dates like it between 60 and 80 and yeah, they all like high humidity basically. And I have high enough humidity, it doesn't need to be 80-90% all the time, because that would be like living in a sauna. So, uh, there are ways of increasing the humidity, though, that don't promote fungal growth. Growth, 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 growth. And that is gravel tray with water in it underneath the plants. Make sure that the water is not uh, high enough up that the soil will be soaking it up. Or, if you've got a bit of money spare and you really like your plants, or you're really getting into plants, and you like tropical ones, get a humidifier. They work. They really work. They're more effective ways, and they don't promote fungal growth. Because not only do they increase the local humidity very temporarily, they increase it for a longer period of time. And that is what we want. So now I'm going to get on to talking about starting them from seed. Starting from seed is a very weird topic especially if you're talking about exotic plants, because typically the seeds have very, very short viability. Which means if you don't get them fresh, you might as well not get them, because they just won't germinate. So, <clears throat> if you look on eBay, you look on Amazon, you'll see people selling ginger and turmeric seeds. Now, <laughs> I want you to answer me the question of how do ginger and turmeric reproduce? 
give you a second. It's by the roots. They don't reproduce by seed. They can produce seeds, don't get me wrong, they can absolutely produce seeds. But do they do it very often? No. So likelihood is, that person who sold 1,500 packets of ginger and turmeric seeds isn't selling ginger and turmeric. They might be selling a plant that looks like it. They might be just selling you some random plant and not caring about the reviews that they get. But ginger and turmeric very, very, very rarely produce seeds. So I just wouldn't buy ginger and turmeric seeds. If you want to buy, if you want to get plants of ginger and turmeric, get the roots. Uh, if you live in the UK, start them indoors, maybe January, February. I've already started mine. Uh, my turmeric I'm actually carrying over from last year. But the ginger I've just planted. But yes, get roots. Get rhizomes. Do not, do not get seeds. Because the likelihood is, if they are ginger and turmeric seeds, yes, good on you. You've you found someone who's being genuine. Likelihood is, they're not. Now, the rest of them, as I said, get them as fresh as possible. I'm going to make a big statement here about coffee seeds. If you live in a country that grows coffee, please, 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 please go to your nearest coffee plantation and ask to buy some coffee cherries off them, if you want to grow it yourself. Why do I say that? You need fresh seeds if you want fast germination. If you want reliable germination even, you want fresh seeds, which means take them directly out the cherry and put them in the ground. Let me, uh, after doing a bit of research, I found out the stats for this, so let me tell you that. And actually, I have grown coffee from seed before, and today I've just planted the rest of the packet, so I'll keep you updated on that. I planted 26 today. <clears throat> I've been soaking them for about 48 hours. So, a dried coffee seed soaked for 48 hours may still take five months to germinate. Five months. Whereas a fresh coffee seed, directly out of the cherry, directly planted in the ground, could come up in two weeks. I'll let that sink in for a second. That's more than the ten times time difference. Just because I got it directly out the fruit and planted it straight in the ground. Ten times difference. Now again, if you're in the UK, you can't just walk around to the nearest coffee plantation and just ask to buy some cherries off them. You don't have access to fresh seeds, so we have to go with the dried ones. But if you live in somewhere like Costa Rica, somewhere that grows a lot of coffee, Colombia, um, I was about to say Uganda then, but it's Kenya, isn't it? The African country that... My brain is not working. Um, yeah, Kenya. Um, What's the other one? Uruguay. There you go. They grow quite a bit of coffee. Brazil. You know, anywhere like that. If you live in countries that grow coffee, go and get fresh seeds. Get the freshest ones possible. And remember, my final point on this podcast, because I'm going to end it after this. It's been 15 minutes. You're going to get bored after a while, after a while otherwise. <clears throat> my final point to this is that they're not true to seed, most of them. Actually, I don't say most of them. Most of them are true seed that I've listed today, 
Um, but something like a medjool date. If you take the seed out of the best tasting medjool date that you're going to get, you will not get the medjool date that you planted come up. You won't. It'll be a hybrid. And most of the time those are very, very bad. One, they could never produce fruit. Two, you could get a male date palm and it never produces fruit. And three, if it does produce fruit, it might just be really nasty. It might not be nice at all. So, <clears throat> if you guys have any... Oh, I dropped my phone. Whoops. If you guys have any tropical plants, um, don't hesitate to contact me. The link to my Facebook page is... These are all separate words as well. Jack and the Beanstalks Nursery. And Beanstalks is two words. Uh, because my autocorrect decided to chime in a little bit. And I can't change it now. Uh, Instagram is Jack and the Beanstalks underscore plants. And my website is www.jackandthebeanstalks.co.uk. On there I have the plants I have for sale. On my Facebook page and Instagram page I put updates about uh, basically everything that I'm doing. Except the podcast. I haven't mentioned the podcast on there yet. I need to. But yeah, everyone have a nice day. Um, and it's Jack going now. Thank you. Goodbye.